Good, Glenn. Justin, if you wouldn't minding this, mind fielding this next question, how can a prophecy be false? Yeah, great question. Um, I think underlying, I, I hear, um, after I had preached the sermon on prophecy, addressing kind of Acts um, 2 with Agabus and all that, um, kind of what is prophecy? I think I just want to start off with that. So a biblical definition, um, we can see where it actually comes from. Second Peter 1.21 says that for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So no true prophecy uh, is of man. It is from God to man for man to then speak to other people. Um, so by that definition, uh, none of us here are calling God a liar. So we would say that no true biblical prophecy could ever be false. So I just want to start off there. I also kind of want to address maybe the nuance there with Acts 2, something that I wish I could um, have nuanced better maybe in that sermon in the Church After God's Own Heart series um, with Agabus, is if we look at that and how he gets this, we talked about the three kind of fold parts of a prophecy. We talk about the uh, revelation, the interpretation, application. And I want to just clarify Agabus was not wrong in his revelation from God. He was spot on in the sense that it happened as God said it would. He would be handed over um, from the Jews to the Gentiles with the Romans. It happened like that, but it may not have happened exactly in the way that maybe Agabus and the group of Christians may have thought it would have, right? We actually see that the Romans rescue Paul out of the hands rather than torture him, right? So it's actually in the sense where it happened as God revealed in his revelation, and yet as we see the group of people and even potentially Agabus, their application and interpretation was, don't go to Jerusalem, don't go to Jerusalem, which would have been off because Paul with the same spirit said, no, I am to go to Jerusalem. So God was not wrong. The prophecy was not wrong. Their application was wrong. And that's what I wanted to kind of nuance in that threefold part of the prophecy there. Um, with that being said, um, I think the best way to experience prophecy is just to actually experience it, right? It's not just to hear about it in a sermon, but to actually invite you to the waiting room. That is something that we do every couple months where we just wait on the Lord. The, the format of that is we pray through the scriptures. Uh, this is not just some airy experience of God that words come out of thin air. It is waiting on the Lord first by going to his word knowing that that is where the complete and full revelation of God's will and purpose, everything we need to know in life and godliness is found. And as we warm ourselves up to the voice of God through Scripture, uh, we know that anything we get then waiting on words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic words, um, are going to make sure they are aligned with said Scripture. So that being said, we have stories of plenty of that things, of those things happening. Uh, Amy Casamano had shared her story about we got to pray for her and... Uh, got revelation that her dad had Alzheimer's and that she was missing him and Jesus was with him and has continued to walk alongside her and her family. Um, beautiful stories like that. We had other stories where people were convicted of sin, where it wasn't exposing, but it was revealing and it led to repentance and faith in Jesus. And so we want to give God glory through this. It doesn't misalign with scripture. In fact, it only confirms the very scripture that we see tells us in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, eagerly pursue and desire the spiritual gifts. So it's scripture that tells us to actually pursue prophecy, um, which cannot be false if it's truly of God. Uh, the last note I want to make about that is that um, with the revelation, right, we can talk about how a true revelation from God is always true, and yet there are times where we may think it was a revelation from God, and it's not. 
There have been times personally where I know I was just getting kind of cute with it, and I know that it was more my mind than God's, and that's where I'd say, okay, the revelation was actually from Justin Larson's mind, not from God's, and therefore it was false. But anytime I'm spot on with God's voice, we know it's true. And I think just a practical example um, to know how to discern that, obviously, test, hold fast to what is said in Scripture, and reject anything else. But also, um, I would basically say, and I get this from other theologians, there's a saying that um, the greater the clarity, the greater the accountability. Meaning that, uh, again, if it's revealed in Scripture, um, you're going to be held that much more accountable to make sure it aligns with it, or if it doesn't, vice versa. And also, just the way God reveals. Um, you'll, I think, kind of just know and get familiar with God's voice as you pursue the spiritual gifts. Uh, if God's kind of shaking you awake at one in the morning to pray for someone specifically, um, and you hear an audible voice from heaven, I think you'll know pretty well that that's probably from God. Um, if you're just driving along and you had a, maybe a flippant thought about praying for someone, who knows? Test it, right? So that's where I would say for discernment. That's good. I'll uh, <clears throat> give a little clarifying thing. So it was focused on how do you miss prophecy. So the way that we understand prophecy is made up through three things. The what, which was the word revelation. You can miss in terms of thinking, oh, that was from God when it wasn't. The what then do I do with it, or what does it mean, and then what do I do with it now? So a lot of times we've worked through, you have to go back and listen to the teaching. We can miss it in varying ways, and that pretty much kind of answers how do you miss it. The reason that as a church we continue to pursue all of the gifts is because they build up the church in our inner woman or inner man. So being in that room, that waiting room the last couple of times, is very supernaturally natural um, from experience. So some people will see something. They will see like a valley and they'll see hills around it. That would be the what. For me, um, I didn't hear anything in the waiting room number one and then we did the waiting room number two and all I had was a word that popped in my mind and it sounded just like my regular thought life. And so I just said, okay, God, if this is from you, just bring it back again. It, it did. It was just one word that you would just randomly say that has to do with someone's mood. I said it, and then what do you know, three people ended up crying. Again, that just means God speaks to you in very ordinary ways. The big thing we want to train the church in is are we discerning and giving credit to God when he's speaking to us? To make it very simple, one of the things that I go with a lot in terms of discerning God's voice is, is it selfless? Is it promoting willing others good? That usually, that always is of the Holy Spirit, not of the flesh. And then prophecy is a different manner in which we just talked about.